0: Welcome to the gym owner's business podcast with Mel Tempest. The Gym Owner's Business Podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Thomas Plummer, My Zone, Creative Fitness Marketing, and All Smiles Creative. The Gym Owner's Business Podcast is part of the Gym Owner's Business Network, which is the industry's go-to online hub designed to better service the needs of fitness business owners. The Gym Owners Business Network is currently finalising foundation memberships. So if you're a fitness business that would like to gain valuable and extensive exposure to the Australian and global fitness industries, then head to gymownersbusinessnetwork.net to find out more. Well good
1: afternoon, it's Mel Tempest from the Gym Owners Business Podcast and Network and today I'm speaking to Shy Lincoln-Hill from Goldfield Oasis in Kalgoorlie. How are you today?
0: I am absolutely fantastic Mel, how are you?
1: I'm awesome and I'm sure it's a little bit warmer over there in Perth as opposed to cold Ballarat.
0: Oh, it's it's actually hitting the chilly temperatures here. It was about nine degrees overnight, so it's starting. We're starting to feel it here over over the Westway as well.
1: Oh, well, that makes me feel better. It certainly <laughs> does. Now, listen, you run an amazing older adults program over there in Perth, and so what I wanted to do today was to give some of our club owners who are listening some tips from your successful program so can you please tell me how did you actually start the older adults program because this is a big market that we are not tapping into
0: yeah it's a ginormous market um and i think that i'll preface it by saying i think the the industry uh in itself has kind of put their hands up and waved the wave the white flag and just gone look we can't successfully uh go after the market that's that's over 40 and you can even see with the uh, the the models that that are opening up whether it be your boutiques or, or your smaller smaller type of anytime 24/ 7 gyms um, they've still targeted exactly the same demographic of the 18s to thirty nines and um, running a, a, a local government rec center and also owning a mid-market um, fitness facility um, saw the need to, to reposition ourselves to some degree um, and knowing that there is a, a big big market out there that uh, is Older. I, I don't like to use, use the term seniors, or because look, the average 50 or 60 year old doesn't see themselves as as old at all, and I think that we um, fall into the trap of of um, thinking that they're they're incapable or um or, or too old to participate in the majority of activities that we do, which is you know not the case. So yeah, we um we decided to I guess have a little bit of a shift in our thinking entirely in it, and it wasn't just about having an older adults program it was about just thinking about everything that we did on a day-to-day basis in the center to to be more inclusive of people that are a little bit older because you know if you're 50 years of age now you're not old at all and um and yet if you look at the industry in terms of the the type of staff that we employ you know, the use of our marketing material the equipment the layout, it's all relatively designed for for someone young. So um, we set about, I guess, a process of being more inclusive as a as a centre to to people who are a little bit older. And Kalgoorlie is is quite a challenge. It's a it's a young demographic. The uh, the average age of the population is 31, which is 10 years younger than the uh, younger than the national average. So it's a tough market out there to crack. So um, what we did was we, we first sought to look at other avenues to fund some of these programs. Um, something we don't do as, as club owners is we, we're always on the hamster wheel thinking about, obviously, leads, sales, retention. Um, we're not thinking necessarily outside the box or thinking of a way so we can attract new market or bring in new funding. And so um, we actually aligned ourselves with some um, uh, some other local operators, Visios, Kairos, and mining companies, and they, um, and they chucked in some DOSH for us to, to get the program program started, and so um, essentially put it out to market, and um, and it worked. Um, and not only that, it it fed in different type of people, and we kind of got a whole bunch of um, of steamroll referral business out of that. And it just made us really take stock and look at look at what we did. And and because of that, we we've hit, had some big wins, and not just in our adults program, but like um for example, our virtual program. It, interesting fact that I think it's 60% of the people in our centre that use virtual um, are over the age of 40 when we did our demo breakdown. And that was a huge win for us, Um, knowing that the the virtual fitness component it was actually being used by our our older demographic just meant we could expand that virtual program out at very low cost. Um, And there's a lot of things, a lot of little things, making sure that we have staff that reflected the needs of older adults. I mean, if you look at the average um, the commercial gym these days that start, um, the majority of the time it's, you know, an 18-year-old at reception, the PTs are fresh out of college, um, they're, they're very young and so, you know, there's a generation gap. I mean, I turned 40 this year and I work with a bunch of millennials and I feel the generation gap. So I'm thinking of someone who's 55 or 60. It's so important you have someone doesn't, who doesn't necessarily reflect their age but represents their values and, and so when somebody comes in and visits your centre, it's absolutely critical that your staff, if they are young, are trained, um, trained correctly on, on communicating with people who are, you know, who, are, who are older and be able to reflect some of those values back and, and, that, and that's super important. I know I can go off on tangents and talk too long, so feel free to come back <laughs> <and getting started. laughs>
1: That's okay. I was, I was actually enjoying listening to what you said and I have to agree with the uh, virtual experience. One of the things that we noticed in our club is the high majority of those that attend our virtual classes are over 40 and yeah and it's just it's isn't that incredible and I I saw the sat and I was because I have to be honest with you it's obviously like most clubs you know we have cameras and that in our club and sometimes yeah. you know we check in on our club you know late at night to see what's going on make sure everything's okay and we often see the older people or over 40s in there doing yoga on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock well, and, awesome. and people Go, no way. I go, absolutely. It's yep. absolutely incredible. And so, that what that made me do as a club owner was change the way that I marketed the virtual classes. Because here I am thinking all oh, these young guys are going to come along and do Jillian Michaels and they're going to do Beachbody mm-hmm. and they're going to do this and they're going to yep. do that. Uh, and I totally had it wrong. Yep. The younger generation want to be with their own people working out in a live environment.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the, the older, more mature market who don't need to have their their hand held, okay, like the younger generation, and I mean that in a positive way, are more than happy to rock up on a Saturday night or on the Sunday afternoon and do virtual classes. And so what we did to make it easier for them was instead of teaching them the technology of how to turn virtual on, put the projector there, we actually scheduled those style of programs, and we said, here's your timetable. All you've got to yeah. do is walk into the club and it's going to start on the projector for you. And yeah. they just love it. They just love it, shy. and I just think that we are um, undermining the way that they think, and you're right. We assume that they all have walking frames and they're retired <laughs> and they're going to, to play golf, and that most certainly is not what our over-40s and our over-50s no. are doing. Okay. So I definitely agree with the virtual. What I would love to know is, though, you said that you got aligned with financial support from physios Mm -hmm. and um, other health services. How did you do that, though?
0: Yeah, um, it took a bit of effort. First and foremost, we we contacted and established a working group because we've all got skin in the game. I mean, um, the... Uh, physios, nutritionists, chiropractors—you um, know—they've they, all got a vested interest in in getting people moving, and so um, so essentially we formed a working group um, that met up a couple of times first and foremost. Then uh, I think we had someone from the Department of Sport and Rec involved as well to um, I guess work out how we could score some money, and from that we just we just kind of chatted about the the issues that um, we we're all facing in terms of um, you know hitting and, and hitting that market and. Sending the right message and what things would be age appropriate, what things wouldn't be, um, and and it all came from there. So there was a, probably three to six months of planning um, in it, and that's super important. You can't just change a poster or put on a seniors seniors time. I mean, I see this all the time. You know, you can't just change a poster or put on a group class and call it seniors and think that that's actually addressing the issue of, um, of older adults exercising, it couldn't be further from. Um, so we planned it, we, we thought about it, and then we we basically just then engaged that market through the channels that, um, to be honest, were no different to how we'd normally market. Um, through social media avenues, referral marketing, um, you know, like, I remember when I first entered the industry, and this is kind of the difference. when. When I first seen the industry 20 years ago, obviously the, the industry was moving away from paid-in-full memberships to direct-debit memberships. And at that point in time, the older market, the 50-year-old market, didn't have bank accounts in the traditional sense. So we just assumed that 50 to 50-year-olds to fifty just didn't join gyms to some degree or they paid in cash. And so we kind of just, as an industry, just kept doing that, thinking that, oh, well, the average older person, you know, doesn't do direct debit. But, I mean, the average person who's... Say, say 60, has grown up with fitness facilities. I mean, uh, fitness facilities now have been around since, you know, the, the, the early 80s. So they've started with Jane Fonda and Aerobics Oz Style and all that type of stuff. So fitness and, and commercial fitness facilities are just ingrained into, into our psyche. So we treated it no differently. We didn't do anything, you know, overly interesting with our marketing apart from obviously push it through social media and we made sure that we used the right imagery, which was super important, and the right language, um, you know, that, that they're probably the, the two main things. But our channels that we used were no different to, to any other. Um, you know, like I hear all the time people say, oh, they visit their doctor's surgeries and, and that type of stuff. Well, you know, the average person is finding out where things are, um, whether they're 18 or, or 50, pretty much in the same way, I mean. So yeah, we didn't do anything from a marketing perspective any differently. We just made sure that we spoke to and aligned ourselves with people who had the same vested interests in us and worked together to achieve that. So um, that's kind of been how it's how it's worked. And and now um, although we have programs as such, we don't even see it as, as seniors programs. It's more so just a philosophy of when when someone's 18 or 40 or 60 that we have, um, the products and services that, that, that meet their needs. Uh, and at the moment as an industry, I, I think that realistically we're still only tapping into the 18 to, to 40 year old market in, in what we do. And, and so there's, you know, I think for the, the mid market, um, clubs, the ones that are trying to be kind of the all, all things to all people, um, Obviously, we've had that market share eroded quite a lot with uh, with boutiques and and 24-hour um, hour models, and we've just been slow to adapt. Um, and there's a huge um, opportunity there to kind of reposition ourselves and actually hit hit that slightly older market, um, which one stay as you know, Mel. They stay a lot longer. They spend more money, and that's what we want from our members, right? We want them to stay longer, spend more money, and, and, and be loyal. And they've got all those three things there. But instead, as club owners, we always revert back to uh, to the um to the trusted, you know, same old stuff that we always do: sell more, advertise more, market more. Instead of to some degree repositioning ourselves and taking that risk, which you've got to, you've got to be a risk taker, um, and actually go after those guys. So yeah, hope that made sense.
1: I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being in business and not being a risk taker. I mm. mean, um, I think that's the only way to, to test the market out. And if you can live with the worst possible scenario, then why wouldn't you just take a little bit of risk? Um, yeah. I agree with you. In You know, it's really funny because as, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking how the youngest person that attends our older adults class is in their late 60s. Mm-hmm. Everybody else under under that age group, attends our normal group yeah. programming and classes. I've, yeah. got, I've got ladies in their 60s on a Monday night at 5.30 p.m. prime time slot that come to combat classes. And there's about, you know, 45 or 50 people in those classes. We've got yeah. ladies uh, and gents in those age groups that um, come to cycle. I've got, I've got two older, I have to tell you this, we've got two older gentlemen at the moment One is 69 and one is 75 that have entered our My Zone challenge and they are the top two at the moment. And they're in all the classes that the young people are in. I just think that we just need to look at things differently and we just need to say age is nothing. It's just something that's on your birth certificate. It's -hmm. just something that you remind yourself of every now and then. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're capable of attending all of the group, programming that's in the classes uh, on your timetable, providing providing that your trainers are educated to make um, options available to different age groups. You should be able to have 40 or 50 people in a group fitness room and you should be able to have a trainer on stage that is able to teach to three different demographics. That's probably the most important skill the club owners need to make sure that their trainers have got in the clubs to meet the different age groups that are attending the classes.
0: Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more, Mel. Um, and that's and and extending beyond that, it's from first point of entry. Really, it's it's what happens when they when they enter your club, how the club feels. Um, you know, when they walk onto the gym floor, you know whether there's somebody who said hello to them. I mean, nothing nothing we don't already know. Um, but just you know, just those little things that make people feel welcome, whether they're 18 or 50. Um, but it's funny though that. Um, as I get older as well, I appreciate those things more, um, and so it, it's it's having those things in, in your centre. And as you said, with the with group fitness classes, if they're attending live classes, just yeah, having the having the instructors capable of not just delivering a you know a DVD copy of what um, of what they've learned, whether they're if they're teaching you know pre choreographed routines, but having the ability to be able to connect. Um, connect from a coaching perspective as well to make sure that those, you know that if they are you know having previous injuries or any mobility issues they can still do it. But uh, you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that most of the standard you know standard classes we've got on the timetable are frequented by people who are 50, 60, 70. You know the the typical seniors programs um, essentially are just you know rehashes of low impact aerobic classes.
1: Of course uh,
0: which, they are. Yeah, you know with a different title. Um, so, you know, I, I don't even necessarily see the value sometimes in those except for maybe a, a marketing proposition. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's just about having a, a wholesale approach to, to engaging, you know, that, that slightly, um, slightly older market. So, you know, it's, so, it's such a broad issue to, to discuss as well. So, um, But, yeah, we're, we're trying our best. Um so and- what are
1: so what are three tips? Three mm. tips. So let's yeah. say I'm a club owner, I'm thinking about putting on um a specific class on the group fitness timetable that is for people over fifty. What are three mm. tips that you would say you have to do these to make it work?
0: Okay. One, I wouldn't put on one specific class. Um that would be that would be my first tip. Um, I would actually run it as a, a program. So um whether it be six Eight, 12 weeks so I'd actually uh, run it as a specific targeted program um, as opposed to a, a particular class um, it's just easier that way um, and engage um, two would be engage other stakeholders don't try and just do it yourself um, speak to speak to the people who are you know allied with yourself whether it be physios nutritionists, um aged care oh, not, aged care facilities community centers um all those other other people who are in that game uh, and get them aligned and get them on board because you're going to be able to be able to leverage off those networks as well and just put the word out and, and you're not really doing anything in terms of the class it's any different you're just being able to to reach out to those networks a little bit better um, and three is to to make sure that Every part of uh, of what you're doing in your club is reflecting the values of the people that walk through your door, and um, and that's that's the fundamental difference. Um, in if I was to walk into most fitness facilities at a peak hour on a Monday night, um, no offence, but I would normally see an 18 year old person at the counter, probably chewing gum. On the phone. I mean, speaking to, to somebody, not necessarily engaging with the person that comes in, um, and so, and that would just echo throughout, you know, the entire yeah. member experience. So um, that would be the most important thing: is that we need to have our facility reflect the values of the people who are walking through our door. It's a complex issue to fix, but that would be my third tip, so to speak. Hope that made sense.
1: It certainly does. So, do you have um, one person that looks after your program in your club, or does your team look after it?
0: Yeah, our, our health and fitness team leader um, works uh, primarily is our, our key driver with our programs coordinator, um, and so they are the um, they are the two kind of key drivers of it. Uh, but more importantly, in terms of our kind of management structure, so to speak, it's fairly flat. So. Um, Something that we do in the fitness industry, which I don't understand, is that we tend to act a little bit in silos. In that we see, you know, our reception staff do our reception roles, and PT does their roles, and we kind of don't do things like that. We we keep it flat, and we are completely aware that what happens on the desk is going to impact, you know, our overall member retention in the same way that what happens on the gym floor is going to do it in the same way that group fitness is. So, essentially, you know, when we when we start a program like this that our reception team is involved, our you know, our PT team is involved, our group fitness team is involved, um, to make sure that that works and there's a, a, an understanding of it. So, um, yeah, I've kind of forgotten the question. but hopefully- That's okay.
1: No, no, no. Um, I, I sort of said to you, you know, does one person or does the team look after it? And I agree with you, multi-skilling staff are the success to your club. That, that's what we do in our club, you know, who's ever rostered on the front desk is not just the person that greets and meets and picks up the phone but they're also the person that has to empty the rubbish bins or the person that has to sell pt or you know go vacuum the room we have what we call in our club um flatline management irrespective of your education i don't care how long you've been in the industry everybody's role is the same um, that's that's yeah, how we run our club. That that's yeah, how we run yeah. the club. So can I just ask you? So yeah. um, I'm just uh, curious to know with the with your um, older adults people coming, in, is that included uh, in a membership or do you charge separate? Can they come as uh, a casual user to the classes? Yeah,
0: we have uh, we have a, a basically a, an older adults membership, uh, which is you know if you're fifty over fifty. Uh, I think you get about five dollars a week less, or whatever it is. so it moves it moves a little bit of a barrier to entry a barrier to entry um, in terms of um, in term, you can pay casually if you like, um, but it is primarily designed essentially as a membership seller for us um, that's that 's where we really want to go with it. Um, and so you can pay casually or you can join as part of the program, but even the program is sold as a, like a three-month membership basis or a two-month membership basis. So um, you can do one of each, but we kind of price it in a way that is relatively cost prohibitive. I think it's, I don't know, 13 bucks a week or something, 12 bucks a week, which I reckon we underprice, in all honesty. Um, but um, it does the job. You know, it, it pulls its weight, that's for sure.
1: I think every club owner in Australia undervalues themselves. I think that we all don't charge enough. And I think that the problem with the industry is that, that we're all in fear of uh, missing out. And we're all in fear of what our smaller boutiques are doing. I think that's the problem with the industry at the moment. Um, but that, of course, is another podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> no no doubt about that. Just one last question before we wrap it up today. When you do sponsored um, ads, and I assume that you do sponsored ads on yeah. Facebook, do you go in and just target your 45 and over demographic with your ads?
0: No, absolutely not, because the kids are also your advocates. So, um, so we actually we, we we try and be smart in our language. Um, so, if we're if we're running a, a sponsored ad, we'll, we'll say something like "great for you know, um, great for this age group and mums or dads." Share like blah blah blah. So, um, some I found sometimes when you're targeting, you kind of get a bit too narrow. Um, so we just did it as a general one, knowing that you know if someone who's twenty has got a parent or you know an older brother, or older sister, that they all inform them. So didn't want to cut off our nose to spite our face on that one. Uh, you know, but we're only spending fifty. 70 bucks for a sponsored ad, so it wasn't all that much. And we're kind of lucky in Kalgoorlie from a marketing point of view, in that we're exceptionally honest. We've got 35,000 people that can't go anywhere because we're 500 Ks from any other town. So we're kind of lucky in that respect, in that we're not kind of having other messages put in other people's faces. Yeah. So that's that's one of the that's one of the advantages of being regional. Hey Mel?
1: It is, it is. You don't have to compete too hard. Although in saying that, Shy, we have over I think it's now over seventy six fitness facilities in a community of a hundred thousand.
0: That is a lot of people. That is a lot of people going after him.
1: Yeah, it is a lot of people. I just wonder sometimes how many of them are actually qualified. Again, another podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, look, I've had a great time speaking to you today. Now, if there's any club owners out there that would like to get in touch with you and ask you, um, yeah. you know, some more questions, where's the best place to do that?
0: Um, you can email me, which is uh, shy.hill at goldfieldsoasis.com.au. Um, you can add me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Just look up um, shy, C-H-E-Y-E-H-I-L-L. Um, yeah, Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, or, yeah, uh, that's probably the easiest way.
1: Sounds like an awesome plan. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, i picked up some tips off you and I'll certainly be going back into the club this afternoon to have a chat to my team. Again, Shai's details will be in the bottom of our podcast and we thank you for your time today.
0: Thanks, Emma. Appreciate it.
1: You're welcome.